Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Tell Me Everything with Land, a podcast where we discuss love, life, and vulnerability. Guys, today <laughs> I have a special guest. You're probably going to hear me say that for every single episode, but specifically, I have a very special guest today because not only am I best friends with her brother, but I've known her for a very long time. And as we continue to follow the theme of healing and self discovery, today's guest was part of the corporate work life experience, but saw an opportunity to leave and follow her passion in life. Through her own self discovery, healing journey, Tamara Adwan is now a successful entrepreneur that used her own experiences to create a brand. Please welcome Tamara Adwan, founder of Shala Bohem. Welcome to the show, girl. <laughs> Thank you, Lana, for the for the lovely introduction. You are very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. So I usually avoid the spotlight, but I love what you're doing. You are giving a voice to women in the Middle East, and that is such a privilege for me uh, to be a part of. Um, so just uh, for those of you that don't know, yeah, give everyone like a little background. Like, <laughs> who are you? They're like, wait, who is this girl? Yeah. So Shala Bohem actually is a, a holistic home and lifestyle brand. And, uh, what we're trying to do is basically, uh, design sacred spaces and a space where people can be nurtured and grow and feel safe. And that is, is truly like something that has sprung from my brain because I'm quite an introvert. So it came a little bit naturally, mm. um, to, to find this idea um but how I got there uh, was was a whole roller coaster of, of events yeah because I remember I was reading on her I was we were just talking before the episode that I was reading on her website that she was part of like this corporate life and she was day-to-day job like most of us do so kind of take us through the process of like what that looked like and kind of what what headspace you were in and then what got you to be like I'm quitting and I'm starting my own thing uh, great. So actually the pinnacle of my career was, um, during the pandemic, okay. uh, we went through a full closure of the company that I was working for and okay. I worked in human resources. Um, so, so people, so yeah, so I love, I love understanding people working with them. What I don't love is of course, having to kind of be a part of, uh, a very catastrophic event, like, you know, yeah. having to let them go and having their careers, um, kind of affected so this was definitely the the breaking point for yeah. me because we had to lay off 45 people wow um and, and so you were doing that process and I was I was one of those people too and wow. so it was really excruciating um I had to kind of uh, suffer my own you know grief and yeah. and also everyone else's kind of one by one over yeah. over the span of like four or five months um, going through the liquidation of the company, shutting the office that we had built. And it was just like watching everything that we grew yeah. um, pretty much run to pieces. Um, and, and you know, unfortunately, you know, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. So companies that are that big, and this was still a medium-sized company, uh, they're the, the kind of the ethics and, and morals just kind of run out the window and, and everyone is just looking out for themselves and we become kind of primitive. So mm. in this situation, there was really no kind of ethical way to do this. And I was in a dilemma of, you know, compromising my own beliefs and values and having to do things kind of against my will, but it was yeah. just part of my job. So, 
this was a big, big thing on my conscience. And um, was it kind of so before this specific job, were you in human resources before? Yeah, throughout. So for seven did you years. ever feel this way? Like kind of was it like kind of like a build up, and then this kind of like was the powder keg that you were like, okay, I'm done. Or did you kind of never like really think about that until kind of the pandemic and you were let go as well? So, so I knew this was kind of the downside of my career, and I and I was willing to to work with, through it okay um I worked through it by kind of challenging my managers uh challenging my colleagues to kind of keep the human side of business which okay. is tr- easier said than done but I made it a point that this was part of let's say my legacy or the way I work is mm. that I'm gonna keep ethics as part of HR I'm gonna keep you know like good treatment towards others as as like a key aspect of of what we do and in business, it's just that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, they just care about the bottom line. They just care about, you know, b- making sales, making profits, and it's so hard to remind people about that yeah. when when their own necks are all on the line. So it's a the pendulum has to keep swinging, and I was just trying to swing it back to the, the side of the people. And um, but in a situation like that, that gets really desperate. Um, which I would have faced again. Yeah. Uh, I just... If you had gone to like another job yeah, the same thing. Yeah. I, I psychologically couldn't go through that again. And I in, a, in such companies, you just don't have control over the outcomes or the decisions. And I couldn't puppeteer in, yeah. in these decisions anymore. So... Um, and HR essentially is that we are just where we have to go do the dirty work and we have to kind of enact, you know, what what our management is saying, but we don't have much of a say. So I wanted to move on into something where I had a bit more control, not necessarily that I wanted to be the boss and have you know <laughs> have, have the say, but it was um, it was essentially just to have control of like doing having a net social impact that was positive whether it was the way we treated people whether people benefited from from the brand or in one way or another we had a just a overall positive experience Mm -hmm. for whoever interacts with the brand on every level um that's something that's really special and and that I want to maintain and I feel like now I have a grip over that by choosing to do to take on my own project do you think during that time like of course like the pandemic had like we we've seen all the reports that like the pandemic had a huge toll on our mental health and like I think it's not talked about enough but for you like after like kind of getting let go with like which a lot of people did did you feel like your mental health was a bit lower than usual or did you feel like you were more motivated than ever to start your own thing yeah, so so I did uh, channel a lot of the energy and, and the trauma from that experience. I also got a chance to reflect because I gave my heart and soul to, the, to this company. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, at the end, it was like, what was it all for? Mm. Not because I, I was, you know, moved out, but it was just truly like, the, people don't matter when, when the size of the organization is that big. And, um, and I was... In, in a monkey brain kind of left brain just like running to work and doing doing my best but, yeah but it the rewards at the end didn't add up so I had to to kind of make a shift and um and I wasn't doing things consciously or with purpose or with meaning or with uh emotion I yeah. mean it was just like mind-numbing um, trying to get things done and, and just kind of like reactive instead of being like proactive I guess with emotions yeah it was pure habit and, yeah. and repetition and that that happens naturally with with people in the corporate world so how did 
Shalabohem. So how did it start? So give us a timeline. So you're let go. You're kind of having this like, okay, like what's my next move? What sparked the idea? And how were you like, okay, like this is what I'm going to do. This is my next step in life. Because I think a lot of people get scared. They're like, they have this idea, but they never actually go for it. Because it's a risk. At the end of the day, it is a risk. Like you're, you're taking your own business. You're doing your own license. You're doing the business side, business plan. So how did you get to the point where you, like how did it all, cons- I guess, transpire? Uh, so very minimal planning, which is probably not what most people tell you because they would tell you to plan ahead and, yeah. and be careful. But um, I, it was the decision was a bit of a on a whim. But uh, we were stuck at home. I was okay. doing a lot of home projects, working with my hands, making candles, uh, you know, carpentry, all kinds of things that I never found myself doing before. Yeah, um, drying flowers and and playing with plants and. He, designed this huge kind of indoor garden and this was all a space for me where where I did my yoga practice and it just became this amazing space that I I actually quite love being in, in wow. lockdown yeah yeah <laughs> and I, I I it was so precious and and again I'm I like my my solitary moments and I like to spend time alone and in in my space and it, it's so important to me so um that was something that kind of sparked where I started to reflect that I'm I'm quite a hypersensitive person to energy. Mm-hmm. I've always been since I was a young child. I used to obsess over our consciousness and whether I'm real, whether I'm breathing, am I alive? Like, what am I here Damn for? deep. So very, very big <laughs> questions yeah. used to come to my mind. And um, and I I used to thrive in the, through these questions because I, I found them so invigorating mm-hmm. and they used to make me feel quite alive. So um, it was quite a natural feeling from when I was a a kid, like a natural curiosity. Um, But when, I mean, at that point, I had still not decided to run the company. I was trying to minimize my financial risk because I knew that I was going to be unemployed for at least, you know, three to six months if I was lucky, Mm -hmm. considering the situation. Yeah. Um, So I just thought, okay, I need to kind of bootstrap. Uh, I taught myself how to trade. Um, wow. I started I started in the stock market. No way. I actually didn't I, know that. Yeah. And then I freelanced for like friends who wanted to recruit or um, I just put myself out there and said, yeah. like, let me just do anything uh, to make an income. I checked online if there were some gigs, um, if anyone needed help with anything HR yeah. related. And and without even the expectation of money from some of those gigs, like I did did a lot of stuff for free, but I believe that the abundance kind of flows and like with the law of reciprocity, somehow things come back to you in the least expected way. So I was just doing what I can to still generate an output and feel productive. Um, and, and I went with the mindset of everything, not really about making money. Same with trading. I was like, maybe if I learn a skill... Um, this could be something that could generate me money. Yeah. I don't know, six months down the line. I, inv- I, in- if anything, I was just investing a lot in myself. Um, and that, uh, yeah, so that's surprisingly, I, I was able to, to kind of put all my savings. I sold my car. I um, tried to make money off of my money and I managed to do so successfully. Wow. And then I thought, okay, I have this money. I don't really want to trade forever because, yeah. because I, <laughs> I was trading like all day. From, yeah, from like 6 p.m. till the markets shut at like midnight. Oh my and, gosh. And I didn't really have a life and it's quite, um, it, it's, it can be quite stressful. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily for me, um, although I loved learning about it. Uh, I mean, you learn a new skill that you probably wouldn't have if you were in your day-to-day job. Yeah, so I was just upskilling with anything. Um, And 
after passing that phase, I said, okay, you know, how can I put everything together? And, and I, I was trying to apply for work, but it, intuitively it just, I was blocked. Yeah. There was something like I interviewed, I uh, like put in applications and my heart was just not aligned Wasn't there. Yeah. And, and I had to listen and I had to, to kind of tune into that and, and understand why. And it was so many unconscious, um, beliefs, but of course the core, you know, my corporate grind was, was a big part of it. And I just thought I need to do something with more meaning. I, I need kind of a change and I'm going to work closer, uh, towards my purpose and align with that so 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 you're you're in this phase so how did was it like you woke up you were like I'm starting to level him or was it like or was it like through this like sacred space that you had made that you talked about like at home were you like people would could like use this like people could use this as their own like people should have this type of space in their house was because because now that you're you're describing this space I think of like my room like I had when I had Corona and stuff like I like got all these candles and like I just like set them up I had a yoga mat and like that was like my sake because I could only be in my room for 14 days so (laughs) that was literally my sacred space for 14 days so now that you're saying that I'm like wow I actually never thought about that that was actually my sacred space that was just like a space I went to to get away from my bed (laughs) but so what so what were you were you looking at your own and being like uh people need to also have this that was definitely a part of it I was like why can't everyone feel this yeah. why can't everyone have this and uh, and more than that uh, actually so I was in Myanmar in March right before the lockdown happened okay um I was by myself there for two weeks and I went from temple to temple and I just also kind of forgot myself in these temples and and that was the actually the original inspiration behind turning my house into a sacred space no way because wow. I sat there was one temple in specific called the Shwedegon Pagoda and I had spent like 12 hours there um like I'd meditating or just, just like yeah I mean I for completely forgot time um wow. there was it was a combination of elements so there was kind of like wind chimes against like the stupa of the of the temple there was monk there were monks that were chanting um there was all kinds of incense burning there was people kind of moving in a circular formation just like they do in mecca so Mm -hmm. that all of that energy combined like accumulated into this incredible like space and and a lot of people were there of course meditating for hours and hours who are trained to meditate i wasn't a trained like you know a person in meditation at all um, but I found myself completely like enamored and mesmerized by wow. the space. So I, I, after that, I thought, okay, I don't understand why this isn't like, you know, a, a, the norm in yeah. the modern world. Yeah. Um, so I thought to myself, how can I bridge, you know, indigenous medicine, indigenous, um, practices and rituals and, and places into a modern society like we have you know dubai which is this lovely disney world yeah um but how can we kind of just bring that here and and it should be something everyone enjoys yeah um so that was probably a a major inspiration it's it's really from from traveling and experiencing these places and and trying to bring some of their you know ancient practices and time-tested techniques and handcrafts and all kinds of things, bringing them into our, our society. Yeah. Do you find meditating? Cause uh, when you said meditating and you were there for like 12 hours, I was like, what do you mean? Because when I sit down and meditate, I'm like, uh, I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about what am I going to eat next today? Or like, I know this is a bit off topic, but I'm, I'm very interested. Like 
with meditation, is this a thing that you've been working on for years or is this a thing that, hey, like, like just like you were like, I'm going to start it and like you just like progressively got good at? So, um, like what has been your, cause that's a big, I think that's yeah. a big part of your brand is like through like yeah. creating that sacred space and meditating. So how do you feel like your journey to meditation really started and how it's progressed? So, so I would say that the key thing is that I find that mindfulness is the bridge between, you know, our okay. life and meditation. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things like you can't run before you can walk. And a lot of people try to just sit in complete stillness for 20 minutes and, and it's just too sudden. And the, pe- the people that, you know, ca- don't find the time to meditate like that are the people that need it the most, which is, Definitely. which is the irony. But, um, I would say like to take it step by, by step and it's, if you just start doing the things you already do in your day-to-day life but do them with a bit more meaning, a bit more purpose, a bit more attention, like gradually, like baby steps, um, you'll, that's already a mindfulness practice. So if you read a book and you're fully engaged for 15 minutes, that's already a form of meditation. Mm. If you're walking alone and let's say you're plugged out, you don't have your earphones, you're just listening to the birds and the trees you know, flying for, for five to 10 minutes and you enjoy that, truly fully enjoy it, that's, that's already a form of meditation. So I think... It's intimidating for people to to think that they need to sit in complete stillness and 100%. silence because yeah. I, I don't I don't even do that every day. I, I like to go for a swim in the sea and that's that sort of sensory deprivation is again a form of meditation. That's your form so, of meditation yeah. so it's comes in so many different dimensions and forms and, and if you just bridge the gap between like you know, your your regular habits, the things you already do and just focus more attention on them, that's already you're already like a step in the right direction so focusing on on those would yeah be, would be a good start by the way guys i'm like taking tips mental tips i'm like okay this is what i need to do next okay so let's talk about shalab bohem so what does so what is i guess a couple things first of all what do you aim to do with your business is what is like your main objective? Of course, it's like you have these wonderful products. And by the way, guys, I, I had a personalized kit and like it's amazing. The sage, the candles, everything. The crystal was incredible. What would, first of all, be your main objective and what kind of items are you selling and, and what do they aim to do? Like I know like with the sage, like so like if someone were to buy the sage from your website and you could give them one like hopeful thing that they would do with it, what would that be? Um. So, so basically just bringing sacred spaces into everyone's homes. I love that. Um, And that, that means just like having holistic homes, like homes that integrate, you know, the elements that have very natural, uh, natural accents in them and just have like a soul and a story and a purpose. So, you know, when you enter a space and you just feel kind of unwelcome or like you don't feel comfortable sitting on the couch everything is manicured everything is proper and it's just uninviting and there's just something stale in the air that tells you that like oh this house has like some stories but not really good stories it yeah. just it has energy that's accumulated that is just not not aligned uh, and not clean anymore mm-hmm. um and i've I, i've felt that many times <laughs> and yeah. i believe that 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 kind of energy needs to be cleansed um, and that's what I hope to bring is like the, the combination of, um, of these rituals, like cleansing rituals for spaces or even rituals for meditation or rituals for just better habits slash rituals, yeah, what I yeah, call yeah. them, but like really living a life with, with mindfulness and with purpose, 
um, which is the lifestyle aspect, and then the sacred space aspect, which is having a home that is kind of clean and pure and um, just has all the right energy for you to, to feel like you're growing as a person and you're safe. Um, and that comes, you know, if you have transitions or, or breakups or hardship or or ups and downs, all of these things, you're you you're emitting a vibration into into that space, and that needs to be a, you know reshifted regularly. So it's just kind of good spiritual hygiene, and no, for and sure, it's something everyone can benefit from. When was a time in your life, um, maybe through like. I guess what was the time in your life where healing was like helped you? Like, was there a time in your life where like you went through a breakup or like something happened in your life or like an event happened in your life where you turned to healing to help you out of that? Because I think a lot of people listening might be like, I'm in like, like I just lost my job or I'm going through a breakup or I'm not happy living at home. Like, what would you say would be like your best advice of like maybe these like self-healing techniques or products could like really help them like get out of that that like that bad space that uninviting space because I know what for me like when I was going through a breakup a couple years ago my bedroom was just like screaming bad energy every time I'd go to bed I just like I wouldn't be able to sleep I, I felt very um like toxic energy around me and I felt like like it was, I was like sleep deprived. I couldn't sleep I, or I would have like interrupted sleep and sleep. And it was all because of this huge thing happening in my life and what I was going through. So for people that are doing that or going through that, what would you say would be your advice to them? Or like, would it be to like create that sacred thing in their rooms if they live at home or, um, or in an apartment even like, what would you say would be the technique or self-healing through your experiences that really helped you? Um, Okay, so so there's definitely kind of the practical aspect, which is just like saging or cleansing or yeah. trying to have like an energetic cleanse um, from that space. But of course, it goes runs much deeper than that. And um, I've I turned to healing, not necessarily in a conscious way. I was in in a community of very kind of aware. Uh, people and my friends and family are, are quite uh, very much in this environment and in this community. So they've all done Theta Healing courses and through um, through them and through many healing sessions of my own and, and studying and learning and, and reading the, for example, at least the Theta Healing modality books, mm -hmm. uh, there are, of course, all kinds of alternative healing. But this, this was uh, one of the most precious for me. Um, and it was one of those things that once I learned about about it, I couldn't unknow or I couldn't be unaware. And it it just became, now it's just habit. It's like a practice in my life that I, uh, you know, I dig within myself. Mm. I try to understand, like, what am I unconsciously believing here? Um, what, what am I learning? Like, is this serving me? Is it not? Do I have a pattern? Do I have a bad habit? Is there something I need to break or release? Um, and just... Just this practice daily, uh, which is, it's just kind of it, trying to dig in your awareness. And that's what Theta Healing is. It's bridging your conscious and, and unconscious minds, um, which if you were to run through a healing session, you'd be kind of sat down. Um, you enter a meditation and you enter into your uh, Theta Healing brainwave. Mm. And that... So everyone has one. Everyone, just people like yeah, that. Yeah, so like, your brain can enter yeah. that state and it's usually just when you're about to fall asleep. Um, that's, that's how you can access kind of like your pineal gland and your unconscious mind, but you're still awake. You're not yeah. asleep. You're not fully asleep yet, but this, this kind of place is hard to access, you know, when you're constantly in beta gamma, which is yeah, just yeah. like 
always on, always on. Um, so getting getting in there and digging deeper into into kind of like why something is triggering you and and what where's that trigger coming from? Is there a trauma? Is there some kind of belief that you have about pain or about love or about you know success? Um, so that is now a part of my life daily. I mean, I I've on a random day I might decide that I need to do a forgiveness exercise. I need to kind of forgive everyone that is that I may or may not hold a resentment towards um, because somehow I, I haven't learned my lesson and, and people keep coming back into my life and, and hurting me in the same way, let's mm, say. Mm. Um, so once I become conscious of that and I see that like, why is this person bothering me? Maybe I haven't, you know, forgiven them. Maybe I haven't forgiven other people who have done similar things. It's always, it always comes down to you. It's something you're projecting and something you that's triggering you. Um, but just becoming aware and, and finding out how to release them back um, and discern your energy from them, that's something, I, it's it's not a, kind of a one, one-off healing session. It's something yeah. that, that I think is nice for everyone to have in their daily practices. Yeah. What would you say to people that are like, like wanting to start like doing or putting things in their home to like cleanse it. Like how would you go about the for say for one of our listeners um, to this episode like okay like I actually want to try this out like I'm going through something like and then went on your website what would your like be like okay like you should you should probably sage your room to get that bad shit out of there or would you say like light some candles and and why don't you sit down and like be like very mindful for 10 minutes like what would your what would your kind of like beginner's guide let's call it. For people that are like, shalawahim.com. Okay, what do I do now? Like, you know, like be- yeah, very sure. beginner's guy. Sorry, guys, that was my Apple Watch. Uh, but like someone that was a very beginner's guy to kind of this entire process and like getting in touch with their inner self. Uh, so, so there's a lot of natural incenses which and Palo Santo, which can kind of be used daily for rituals. Um, that's kind of how I, I usually initiate, you know, like whether I'm going to do yoga, whether I'm about to sit down and, and I want to be productive. Um, it's now become like just Especially part working of from my home, daily. So that's actually yeah. a very, it's a good point. Yeah. Actually. So yeah. My, my room is always smoking with all kinds of aromatherapy. <laughs> um, but, but I would say sage is definitely for like a major shift in energy. Um, it's very smoky. It, it cleanses energy completely and mm. you kind of blow out everything um in one in one you know smudge stick yeah so, so i would say sage is really used for kind of the the bigger the bigger occasions although i can use it daily too but but it's it's different for each person um and then the incenses and palo santo i i use every day wow amazing <laughs> so, yeah so i it depends like if you have again like a specific ritual which you enjoy whether it's like your lemon ginger tea in the morning or um like your newspaper spontaneous writing at a certain time that you you decided that you really care about doing this every day um it's nice to kind of i don't know initiate it or set the tone or put the setting right um and then it just becomes like a a really nice thing that you look forward to because you know that you're gonna have this beautiful smell and you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna sit down and you're gonna pay attention and you're gonna reflect and and I don't know, have your tea or, or write, write your to-do or whatever it is that you, you think is really sacred. Yeah. Uh, taking a look more at like the brands and business, what would you say are where the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Like once you started your business, was it like 
marketing or in-person stuff because you know it is a pandemic was are you limited in that like what were kind of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them or are you still trying to overcome them um so okay so i'm gonna keep it kind of practical here because um i hope this this is actually useful yeah. for some people that because I, a lot of people are trying to start their their home businesses right now um i had a big issue with banks um, Interesting. Okay. From a Theta healing perspective, I do have <laughs> beliefs against banks. I'm against capitalism. I'm against the yeah, banking yeah, yeah. system and the establishment. So part of it is, of course, because of me inviting that that uh, barrier into my life because, because I just have a problem with them. Um, but another aspect actually is that they've tightened down a lot with businesses because they had a lot of bankruptcies and they had a lot of challenges with companies that were shutting down and mm. were in debt. Um, so the compliances have like quadrupled, uh, and it took me like three, four months and this blocked me from everything. Like it just completely choked me. Um, so I did spend like three to four months just trying to be creative and taking payments and dealing with partners and suppliers and imports. And it was just like, I had to really bend things. There were even you know, I don't want to say, but like they were asking for bribes and like, it was just a mess. And so like, uh, and a lot of people have shared this experience with mm. me um, that it took them so long. So it w- it's definitely something to start early because you wouldn't expect that it would take that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. So, so just budget some time for that. Um, meeting people face-to-face, I mean, especially for me because I'm bringing in global uh, products yeah. and like uh, trying to connect with artisans in different countries. So uh, importing, of course, there were delays. Um, it was, I, my ambition originally was to go meet meet these people face to face um like we work with uh, indigenous tribes in mexico and like i of course i would like to to cut all the middlemen like that's that would be my my dream and i've managed to do that with some people but it's just impossible if i don't meet them face to face yeah there are also huge risks because i don't know half the suppliers i'm working with and it, our relationship has been built off trust I met a lot of them through my travels and I did work a lot with my network and like people I met through travel and yeah. I tried to bridge everything together um, and make the most out of it. But but definitely it would have been fantastic to, I don't know, go and see how things were being built and have real a Be real, a real connection to, yeah. to how these things were being made before selling them. Because then I would be sell them with even more heart and more yeah, of you know, course. passion. Um, so yeah, difficult to sell something that you haven't necessarily connected fully with, at least in that space, yeah. you know, where it's being developed and to see the full, uh, process, like the full production process. So I think that's something I would like to get close to once, you know, travel comes uh, back to normal. Um, but if there's, is there, are there any other, uh, yeah, from a marketing standpoint, um, I mean, your social media everyone is on online. Instagram is like beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes. So your mood gra- mood board is is it's stunning. So I guess building a business, especially I guess during I know you've been at Right Market and stuff, but during COVID times, it's pretty much all online. Social media, word of mouth marketing. Um, how like are you a social media person? Not really, right? N- not a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to become one. <laughs> how has that experience been? Like having to like be on like. You have to post every day, I mean, to keep up with, like, everything. And how has that, how, how has that been for you? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I went full throttle and I was trying to post every day. I've now cut it down to, like, every 
couple of days because That's I need so I need my off days, of course, uh, psychologically, and I think people will will survive. I don't think they're that hungry for it's pretty it's pretty like for content you know, polluted yeah. online already, and yeah. they're not starved for content. This is very true. Definitely full <laughs> of content. Hundred so. Where were you? Okay, so there's a couple of questions by the way I still want to mm. ask you, but one of the things I wanted to ask was where do you see the future of Shalabuhim? Like, say like a year from now, where do you see the brand? How do you want to see it impact people? And what's like, what does that journey look like for you? Like, what are your hopes, I guess, for the year ahead? So my hope, hopefully within one year, is actually to have a real sacred space, not just online. Amazing. Um, and that would be a community that actually brings together all kinds of alternative healing uh, with like in-house professionals, um, a small cozy space, nothing grand or fa- you know fancy at all. Just a simple villa, um, which showcases, of course, like some of the 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 items that that we want to to put out there yeah. and, and to contribute into people's lives. But but of course, a lot of service based um, aspects as well. So just time and like just bringing people together, really, um, that all sh- you know share the same interest and contributing to a purpose like to a wider purpose which is really about wellness holistic healing and like mindful living um and hopefully everyone can enjoy that and upskill and learn how to just practice that in their day-to-day life without being scared or thinking that it's not for them or it's some hippy dippy thing or it's just because it's just science i mean like it's not it's nothing scary at all but like uh, some people it doesn't resonate immediately but once it clicks it clicks and then it just becomes something you're obsessed with trying to seek yeah um and and i would love for everyone to feel that um to have access to it really what would you say to people who are skeptical of like the whole healing and sage and putting in this making that sacred space at home what would you like what would you say then would you be like like read a book or like or like try it for yourself or like what would your kind of step for them i guess as someone who's like completely blocked off from the idea so so i would say that um spiritual healing and and all kinds of alternative healing is, is just a way of you making sense of the world making sense of yourself your your behaviors your patterns and just it's truly just a, a path to self-discovery and you can get aids or guides that can help you do that in a different or unique way that maybe you didn't think of alone and or you could even choose to do it alone uh, through through meditation or through your own self-practice or exercises that you whether you seek them online or through a podcast, but there are some really intuitive ways of just um, growing and learning and unprogramming yourself because essentially we're all creatures of habits and programs. Yeah. Um, and it's all about kind of like uncovering these layers like an onion uh, and, and digging deep, deep, deep within to parts that you simply don't, don't practice uh, tapping into daily. Um, do you think, because I think that ties in well to like, self-love because I know for myself like if I don't have like my gratitude journal or like I don't have like my my the candle that I actually have from Shalabuhim in my room on I feel very like un unloving of myself something I wanted to ask you was do you feel like your self-love journey had some sort of impact on you taking the risk and starting your own branded business that really kind of at some of its core is about like self-love because like you're saving for yourself, you're, you're doing that meditation, you're doing that sacred space for yourself and that's some sort of love to yourself. Do you feel like 
before starting Shalah Bohem, you were you had to have that sort of self-love experience or has that come after? What has been your experience with that, I guess? And how has healing even helped you in that aspect? So in a way, if I were to think of, of self-love in specific, it would be just trusting myself and trusting my intuition Okay. Um, instead of like seeking validation from others or seeking input from others. So that's something I've learned to do as part of my self-love journey because I have been independent I would like to say for a few years I used to be in in very serious relationships Mm -hmm. where everything was a partnership and and I think I've grown quite far away from that I'm quite solitary now I'm I'm, like I I look within for answers and I do have a great community of friends that always try to give me advice but for the most part I've started to rely mainly on myself and Mm. believe in myself and trust my intuition and that's been kind of tremendous uh to to help me grow and take risks and keep discovering my my purpose and aligning with it so that that's uh, do you think though with like like the self-love journey of like like kind of like being independent do you think that was like looking back at like when you started do you think that had some sort of impact or influence on you like being like taking the risk and starting your own thing because I because I look at myself let's say four years ago or even oh my god even more I was in college in a really toxic relationship I was doing bad in school like there were a lot of things going on in my life and no way in hell I would have started my own podcast and been like yes I'm gonna be a podcaster now more mature more loving of myself more independent of myself I can definitely say like that is kind of one of the reasons that I can confidently be like I believe and tell me everything with lands and I'm gonna bring it to the world do you because I mean, start your own business is it is it is a risk, and I think like you said, you have to trust yourself. Do you feel like that, like like looking back, maybe like years ago when you were in maybe a, a, a maybe more dependent phase in your life, could you have started your own business, and how that journey from then to now, do you kind of reflect back and see like, oh wow, like now because you know what I mean? Look, definitely, like if I had tried to to do something on my own in in the past, it would have been with codependence, with, mm. a, with a dynamic that was completely, you know, without w- lacking confidence, um, I would not be able to sustain the same energy and at all. Because uh, unfortunately, being in a codependent relationship is debilitating and you yeah. have to compromise quite a lot. And I would say wholeheartedly today, I'm doing things at 150% for myself to grow. And the main purpose is, is to grow. And yeah. partners, a lot of partnerships can it's hard to grow together but there are a lot of wonderful successful relationships but I I haven't necessarily found that and I found that within myself and a relationship within myself which I'm my own you know I'm my worst self-critic and I'm also my best you know my cheerleader yeah it's uh, I'm doing my best (laughs) no no and I think like what you've built and what you're building and I'm so excited to see where it's going to grow because I definitely see this as a brand that I think a lot of people are in need of these types of products or in need, especially because we're working from home and stuff like having that sacred space in your home. And I know eventually this will become like a villa where people can go and do services. But I think for now, especially because we are still in a pandemic, making that sacred space at home for ourselves is extremely important for our mental health. I think this really ties into mental health and like keeping our mental health in check. So one uh, thing I think, uh, one thing I think, I think people could use advice on is they have an business idea and they're, or something they're really passionate about and they have a business plan in their mind. 
what would your advice be to people to start, to take that initiative and just start? either a practical step by step or kind of even like a more like a mental challenge in their head, like blocking them from actually going and starting their own business. What was your advice be to them? So in my experience and like anything, um, I wasn't attached to the outcome. Um, I was trying to take it day by day and just grow and, you know, like truly roll with the punches. Um, and I think what I've heard from a lot of people who, who want to start businesses is things like, oh, I want to be my own boss. I don't want to work nine to five and I want this. I don't want that. So it's again, they're focusing kind of on the end goal. And these are very finite statements. They're focusing on um, how do I get there uh, the end, you know, rather than the means. Um, and I, I did things quite the opposite because I, I was just doing things by hand and, and originally I didn't even want to start a business mm. um, so things fall into place and I also met people you know within the same community but I was not I was not meeting them in an opportunistic way or trying to think like oh well how can I get again from point A to point B how can I reach my goal so goals are fantastic but but sometimes they can make us short-sighted and and we're just kind of looking at how to get to the end without again without focusing on on each day as it comes so i would really start to under, understand kind of like why you're doing something um i i kind of listened to the universe day by day and i believed that i couldn't be be in the corporate world anymore and i think a lot of people resonate with that feeling but beyond that i was trying to gain personally and professionally in in just upskilling or just learning something um the small things and the big things and I wasn't trying to accelerate that journey. I wasn't trying to rush or be hasty or trying to go public or come up with an e-commerce site. Things just happened. Mm. Um, and and here I am today and I, I'm doing floristry and I'm doing events. And these are things that I never planned yeah. or never even thought I would do. But I got, people were interested, people yeah. asked and I listened. And if I had planned and be, be, was attached to coming up with some big fancy thing, then I would have missed out on all these opportunities because I would have came out with this polished, you know, perfect thing that I only I believed in, but I wasn't willing to take the steps to meet people and talk, you know, just yeah. have a meeting without even any expectation. And I had so many meetings like that, just truly trying to get to know people in the same community, what they wanted to do. And I never went into any meeting with the intention of like, oh, let me take notes and see what they want and I'll, I'll come back and I'll p pitch them my quote mm, or yeah. anything like that. It, it, it really things happen in the right way and they fall into place when um, when you kind of do things organically um, so really just dig deeper and sometimes it might not even be that you have to start your own company but you can actually find a way to bridge like entrepreneurship in your own job yeah. I I was happy in my last job I had a lot of autonomy I was able to practice entrepreneurial skill my skills my boss was never there he trusted me and I took that as an opportunity to just practice or yeah. just like, you know, do things boldly without make really big, scary decisions with money or with people that I, I shouldn't have been trusted with, technically speaking. But I but I valued that and I took it as a learning experience. And that's why I essentially didn't want to leave that job, um, because I could have found the same purpose and, or the same growth in that environment. And I think a lot of people are missing that because, again, they're looking at, oh, I want to be my own boss or I want yeah. to have my own company. I want, I want this. I, 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 and it's a lot of ego, but, but if they could be very much gaining the same, uh, you know, virtues and, and lessons 
wherever they are or somehow you know forking off without taking the huge risks of a, of a yeah. business or which which has we know that there's like a 90% chance of, of failure um, and and I believe it could be because of those reasons honestly you just made me realize I was like as like with with being with having my own podcast and stuff I think that's something like I'm I'm really like taking seriously and I think a lot of people including myself can really take inspiration from your story of like and your journey of I mean honestly it's been like in a year this has really all happened and and I think it's very it's very inspiring so thank you Tamara so much can you please tell everyone where they can look you up and where they can find Chalabohim and how to order and stuff like that give it a good plug in <laughs> <laughs> the best way to get in contact is uh, Instagram we do have a website um, uh, you can you can message me and, and just ask anything anytime on Instagram it's a bit more you know visual there of so course yeah pe- people like to, to contact through there but but I'm and guys I'll put it in the description of the episode I'll put all the handles I'll put everything uh, thank you so much Tamada for coming and talking and discussing all of this it was very inspiring and I and I, I really enjoyed it So thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity. It was a lovely conversation. (laughs) See you guys next week. As always, tell me everything with Lance. Follow me on Spotify, Apple, and Rami, wherever you get your podcast from. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at tellmeeverything.withlance and at Lance though. See y'all next week. Bye.